welcome back. We're episode 48, part two, and uh, we're now going to throw it into a talk about the first round of the playoffs, and uh, we're going to do it in a way where we look at uh, the most interesting matchup. So I'm going to ask you, I guess, starting in the East, maybe, we'll look at the most interesting to the least interesting matchups to you. Uh, what would be the most interesting matchup for you? I know you, you're really excited to see Milwaukee the way they ended the season, but outside, is there any other matchup that really excites you heading into this first round? You know, probably you, know, you do a process of elimination. And pro- most years, one versus eight doesn't tell us much, and I don't expect. Um, the the the, the um, completely disintegrating Washington Wizards to put up a fight against Toronto. I guess it's possible, you know, theoretically, that John Wall, you know, just beats up all of his teammates and makes them cry before the game again, and <laughs> and takes over. I don't know. I guess he could do something. So, but that series does not interest me at all. Um, probably the most stable and cohesive roster in the NBA. Toronto versus the most unstable uh, roster in the NBA in Washington. Um, Bucks Celtics doesn't interest me. It's study and contrast, which I guess you could you could say is interesting. A great coach against an awful one. A really healthy team against a really unhealthy team. One with a superstar. One with ten players. One who can't twenty ninth in defense versus number one in defense. So I go. You've got complete contrast, and so. If you're, you know, if you're sick in the head, you want to watch the Bucks, you know, flail and try to play checkers against three-dimensional chess of Brett Stevens. So, oi, what's more interesting? Philly, Miami, talk about study and contrast there. I got to say, Philly is, can't be excited to play that bloody, annoying Heat team who just won't go away. Or Cleveland versus Indian. Indy, I'd have to check. Did they win all four matchups? Did they go undefeated against Cleveland or three? They I'm won at least sure three. It was certainly three one, but I got a feeling it was a sweep. But I'm just oh, trying to. Gosh, to get if you looked it up while you do that, I'm going to speak slowly. I'm going to go by a hair. I'm going to say Cleveland's more. Cleveland and Indiana's more compelling, which is I guess stands to reason as the four or five. Um, only because I think as fascinating as as that contrast can be in Philly, Miami, I think there's just too much firepower, especially if Embiid comes back. So as as beautifully coached and as cohesive as that Heat team is, I think they they just want the firepower. So, boy, doesn't everyone want to see what the fuck happens to Cleveland? Really? I, I, admit, Daz, you're curious. What the hell are they going to do? Which team is it going to be? Are they going to be the 30th ranked, sorry, 29th best defensive team again coming out? And these are going to be track meets. And if they are, how is that going to go? Who's going to be in the rotations? Um, or are they going to shrink the, the bench and play a little more conventionally? Um, Indiana, right, beat them up. I think probably it was a couple times without Kevin Love, I'm sure, would have had to be. But you know, this is the upstart team who's surprised everyone in the whole conference. Will Vic have another level? Will Collison still shoot 43% from downtown? Will the bonus find a way to take advantage over Tristan? Will, you know, will they find matchups they like that can exploit, you know, Cleveland's horrific perimeter defense, I guess, is the that interesting. And Indiana's found a way to beat them four times already this year. It is four times, isn't it? 
Have you looked it up? I'm still trying to find it. I'm still trying to find it. It's easy to find it. So I'm just, I'm just interested. I'm mostly interested. I'll be honest. I'm mostly interested in what the hell is Cleveland going to do? Who are they? I don't know. Well, I agree. I think it's the most fascinating game, actually, in either conference to me, because I'm, I'm with you. I give Indiana a very good chance of winning this series. Yeah, you'd like to. If, because it's sort of, this is what, what, how valuable is the regular season? You know, do we just throw yeah. it out when we're talking about LeBron James teams as we've done in the past? But I get the sense in the Eastern Conference in particular that there's there's not that about LeBron's Cavs as what there's been in the past. And we no, because they can't it. defend. That's yeah. right. And we and right. they couldn't defend well last year. And we called the game in and we were both wondering, well, could the Raptors be the team to do it? Um, you know, or maybe I think we were looking at the Raptors and the Wizards last year. And, of course... LeBron came out game one against the Raptors and put the way within about five minutes. That could happen yeah. against the Pacers in this first round as well. Like we, we're going to know early, but I just feel like the way they, they're playing such poor, poor, so poorly on defense, and they have done so all year. And like I said earlier in the season, where's the improvement going to come from from Cleveland? in terms yeah. of what they did in the regular season to the playoffs. It's one thing to say, yep, we've got a, we're going to flick the switch. Well, I can see when Golden State say, I'm going to flick the switch, I know where the improvement's going to come from. Draymond Green's going to come out and play better. Iguodala's going to turn the clock back, they would hope, and play better. Um, you know, Zaza's still going to be stiff, but KD's going to play better on defense than what he probably... There's ways I can see with the Warriors improving. I can't see where this Cavs team improves from what we've seen already. They're poor individual defenders. They're poor team defenders. It's it's either going to be they're going to hit all their shots or they're going to miss. And you've got a lot of guys that have never hit big shots in the past before. So it's all right. And I think teams are getting to the point, you know what, let's let LeBron get his and let's see if these other guys can beat us. And one of the underrated things about LeBron in his career is that he does elevate the guys around him. So he actually does make guys better. I mean, he, this is a guy that got to the NBA Finals with Matthew Delavadova and Iman Shumpert as his next two best players does. So that's an underrated sort of story, I guess, of his legacy, that he has been able to uh, elevate guys around him. We're going to see if he's going to be able to do that again. I somehow doubt that. I, I, I've just got a feeling Indiana are going to come out. There's no doubt in my mind that... Victor Oladipo is not not scared of this matchup. He he'll go out there and think he's the best player on the court every night. Oh, well, he's going to score. That's for sure. He's going to score a ton. Well, and that's the thing um, they're saying. Well, who 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 have Indiana got to mark LeBron? And that's that's all well and good. Who who have the Cavs got to mark Oladipo? And if Oladipo can go somewhere towards matching some of LeBron's numbers, he's obviously not going to match him across the board. But if he can match his points thereabouts and and, and uh, well, the assist numbers probably aren't going to be there either, but between him and Collison, get the assist numbers going. I, I think they're in with a real puncher's chance. Look, Cleveland are overwhelming favourites, though, right? So, I mean, I'm just looking at the at the odds. Cleveland are still they're only paying two dollars twenty to win the entire Eastern Conference, Daz. But Toronto, that's on $2. reputation, Daz. That's not on play. Uh, but that's. But I'm just saying that's 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 Vegas, though. I'm saying that's that's where money's going. That's the odds are. I'm just saying, right? That mm. means more people believe that the version of, of Cleveland's offense, and it is, it still can be an impressive offense, right? When when Kevin Love came back and they've had the moments, so you go, where are improvements going to come from? It's, it's just going to be from more reps between George Hill, 
right? Jordan Clarkson, um, Larry Nance, uh, I'm forgetting one, Rodney Hood. It's just going to be can gel them and get them to score 124 points a night. They're going to have to do that. Um, they're going to have to. So, oh, and also don't forget, they've just signed the enforcer. Kendrick Perkins is now a <laughs> Cleveland Cavalier. He thought signing Larry Sanders wasn't desperate enough last year. They had just signed an Andrew Bogut. They've just signed Kendrick freaking Perkins. So, um, yeah, look, um, but who's your money on? If you if you put money on it, who who do you put money on? Oh, I think you've got to put you money still, on money on Cleveland. I guess what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I think yeah. Um, again, you back him, but but you back him on the reputation and and LeBron's history of coming through in these sort of moments. As much as he's, we've questioned what what might have happened with his teams in the regular season, and Miami yeah. at times coasted in their regular seasons, um, but they they would bring it and flick the switch in the playoffs. This is a team where you go, well, what, what, what's flicking the switch going to look like with this team? They're not going to be good on defense no matter what flick the switch they flick. Um, but, but are they going to be able to hit the shots to the level that they need to um, to beat not only Indiana, of course, but then Toronto in the next round and uh, whoever they may meet in the finals after that? So this will all come down to can Indiana defend and rebound enough to, on enough possessions, right down the stretch. Because I think this is going to be these are going to be fourth quarter games. I don't see, I don't see Cleveland racing out to you know twenty five and thirty point leads. They might on those nights with every three pointers going, but I just still think Oladipo will <laughs> just keep shooting. And I, is it right? I well, just don't I think, think the Cle- team that's going to race out to leads in this series will be Indiana, and it's going to be interesting to see how do they adjust when you are twenty points ahead of Cleveland because teams then try generally try and slow the game slow down, down and yeah. that pl- ends up playing in their Cleveland's hands and I've seen it time and time again I saw Philly do it uh, last weekend in that 132 to 130 match where they're up by 30 and then went completely away from the way they were playing and all of a sudden Cleveland start making shots and you're totally out of your rhythm look I leave open the possibility that Lance Stevenson you know does what he does and he starts bodying LeBron and doing something ridiculous and getting under his skin. And that could be a, a, a volatile positive effect, or it could be a, right. It could be a, a horrible disaster, but I go, there's always a Lance Stevenson factor that, that place. And I guess it's maybe the key is going to be who can, as you say in this chair, who can mark, who can defend Kevin Love. So can, Miles Turner, you know, be the idealized version of himself and chase love off the line and close out on him and and keep him enough off the board so love doesn't have his, you know, his 27 and 17 games, which is the debilitating thing when Cleveland is rocking and rolling and they're jacking threes and love is just clearing seven, eight rebounds per game. So this is this is the most interesting for sure in uh, the Eastern Conference. Um <laughs> So I think theoretically, Indiana should have nothing to lose, nothing to fear. They're playing with house money, a freaking five seed. Oladipo's bursting with confidence. So yeah, let's see what they can do. Um, gotta say Cleveland, say Cleveland in six. Indiana will win. They'll win a couple games. This isn't going to be a Cleveland sweep. Cleveland's not going to the, the NBA Finals, you know, sixteen and zero again. That's for sure. They, I think it's certain they're going to lose games each round. I just 
I don't see Indiana getting past him, but this will be fun. Is Lance going to blow in LeBron's ear again? <laughs> is he going to whistle, whistle in his face? Is he going to, you know, I don't know, sneeze on him? <laughs> <laughs> well, in our bracketology, I'll put paces in six, but I think my official tip uh, for prosperity on the on the prosperity on the on the um, podcast could be Cavs in six. Yeah, look, there's a on. difference between trying to win a you know win a win a bracket competition, which is you know strategically choosing you know a, a really obvious underdog to try and win a comp, right? Mm. So um, yeah. And let's well let's quickly discuss some of the other the other games. So uh, with the Bucks, let me just put this: uh, the Bucks is going to be interesting. Oh, no. This is going is it... to be an interesting uh, analysis in the value of coaching, because I think there's an argument to be made that uh, Milwaukee have three of the best four players in that series in Bledsoe, Giannis, and Middleton, and I think the next best, well, Horford's probably the second best player in the series, right? Yet. Boston the favourite, and Boston, I think, will probably win in four games. In four lopsided games, it wouldn't surprise me. So what is the value? What, what Can you put a points total on the difference between having Stevens as your coach and having a... Uh, and and, and, and that, this is not all, all on Prunty either, I don't think. And, and the front office situation, the ownership situation, that, that sort of environment that they've built in Milwaukee versus the environment they've built in Boston. I mean, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, we're going to see the point total, I think, Daz, because every, all things being equal, Milwaukee should be red-hot favourites for this series. I would say the point total is 10 points a game. It's that big. Mm. Because all, all it takes, right, and this is what the Bucks have done all year, all it takes is four minutes of ineptitude to give up a, a 12-0 run, and that's your game, right? So I'd say, I'd say 10 points a game. There's at least a, a, a couple possessions per quarter, that you just shake your head and go, oh boy, they did something smarter than us, right? So it's a it's a not a small number, Daz. It's a huge number. Now that being said, Marcus Morris guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo, pretty good matchup, right? Um, we've already seen Aaron Baines' bruises on his on his <laughs> cheeks from getting dunked on. So if if the fire breathing Giannis, and we don't have much reason to believe he won't be unless he's Unless he's James hired in Game Six, tired. Um, if fire breathing Giannis shows up, they should at least be competitive for th- three quarters <laughs> through, <laughs> through the middle of the third. But uh, yeah, uh, but look, I'm, I'm picking to, Boston in four. Say. I'm picking yeah. Boston in four. But if someone said to me Milwaukee sweep this series, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, because I, that's, I, I the, know the more talent about the level Bucks is than... better with the Bucks. I know more about the Bucks than most of the planet, and I can't tell you. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I can just tell you the team is fractured. I can tell you that winning isn't first. I can tell you there's a uh, the Jabari is right counting stats and doesn't like coming off the bench. He's the a petulant. He's their Isaiah Thomas, and that's really really tough because people have been in, in his corner so deeply. And heartbroken for him, right? Trying to rehab, basically two years of his career spent rehabbing uh, torn ACLs, and so these they are torn. It is a complex emotional dynamic when you got a player like that who was your who was the cornerstone of the franchise 
for about a year, who has not missed the last two, come back, turned down a contract, playing for his money and his and his future. Um, every every time he goes up for a dunk, we're kind of all Joel and beating it and holding your breath and hoping he you know he makes it to the other end of the court. It's a complex dynamic with Did a lame coach. Did you watch the sixty minutes report? On Giannis, you mean? Or... Yeah, on Giannis. Because that sort oh, of yeah. has, has caused some consternation, it, it seems, uh, within within the Bucks internally between Jabari and, and Giannis from what I've read. Well, yeah, look, it's that hasn't helped. Um, but the bigger issue is Jabari coming off the bench, right? And, you know, he's getting the his manhood, his ego is hurt. He, you know, again, to go from the number two pick could have been the number one pick of the draft with him and Wiggins, right? To go from that, the pinnacle of that, and, and at that time, right, love Milwaukee, his um, community work, his deep sort of heartfelt um, uh, tributes, uh, stories in the Players' Tribune, right, um, about the city and what it's meant to him, the rehabbing, the way he's, he's rehabbed, um, and having the team supporting through that process, he he was the guy, and he's and it's through this, through his tragedies, right, through his two knee surgeries, you can see the story he could, would tell himself is that he's now the he's gone because of two horrific knee injuries, has gone from the cornerstone of the franchise, the guy who's meant to to lift this city and this franchise up, basically to rise it up from the ashes, he's gone from that that cornerstone to the sixth man. Mm-hmm. Like, that is not easy to swallow when you're as competitive and as freaking talented as Jabari, well, talented on one end of the court. And so he's he's not acting. And again, they're unmanaged. It's like imagine your parents are always gone. And like he's got a lame duck coach and no one really gives a shit. How could you? It's, it's in the title. He's a lame and he's a duck. <laughs> he's a lame. He's a lame duck. It's not a super duck coach. It's right. You it's know, not even it's not, the duck it's not lame hawk, <laughs> not lame Hulk, you know, like he's, you know, he's still a Hulk, even though he's like, it's lame duck. And so the behaviors are unchecked and an old voice who's a kid protege who created the offense. Right. So, so it is a team who is on the verge of disintegration. I fear uh, that's maybe, that's maybe overstated. not quite in the Washington camp of, of hatred, but it's there's this team is not all fighting in the same direction. So no, I think they'll need to take a, a, a chemical one of those chemical showers at the end of the season there in Milwaukee and try and just get the stink of this just season forget off them yep. once once yep. it's over. And I, I think it'll be over in four games, Des. But what what's your final prediction? The Bucks will win one. They, they will come. Look, I think I think it's Boston in five. The Bucks will have one of those games where they come back to Bradley Center, perhaps and. You know, the the local crowd is pumping and Giannis goes off and Middleton's threes and are, are going and no one can stay in front of Bledsoe because um, there's no Marcus Smart, right? So I go, Christ, there's no Kyrie and no Marcus Smart. I go, what's Terry Rozier going to guard Bledsoe? So I think he, I think the Bucks will have a night where they blow Boston out of the building. Um, so I think Boston will win four pretty close games. I think, but that's why I think there's not going to be blowout stats. Boston win no, consistently 106-97, 104-99. Yeah. They're going to win in crunch time and execution, and they will win based on smart play. And then the Bucks will, you know, there might be, I might even give the Bucks two games, but then the Bucks will just, you know, when the Bucks get rolling, the Bucks could have a 30-point lead in the third quarter, 
right? And just, you know, Stevens just might, you know, let Baines run the point for a while. But uh, <laughs> I, I, all my money would go on, on Boston winning the series. Mm. Um, and the odds, uh, yeah, the odds aren't in the Bucks' favor. That's for sure. Now, so. I look at the, the Miami-Philly series. I, I look at this a bit different. I, I think this is a good matchup for Philadelphia. Even really? Even Embiid not there. Just, Miami just do nothing to inspire me. I know that they're, they're consistent across the board, but and, and they've got their own sort of issues with the white side sort of speaking out about his role and things like that. So I could see, you know, a close game, white side sits for the last six minutes and they go, bam, out of bio, and he, he spits the dummy. I just... I'm not. I'm not convinced, and I've I've not been convinced by Miami all season. I think they're a nice team. They're a nice story. They're well coached, but I just I, I don't see how they're going to get over the top of a, a Philly team that's really rolling at the moment. Well, again, it's a studying contrast where they they're going to make the smart play. They're going to come prepared. They're not going to waver. So this is the thing about Philly, right? Well, I've seen it. We've seen it all season. We haven't seen the last couple of weeks. They've had they've had a couple of nice games against good teams, but they've been rolling over tankers, right? That's going to be interesting to see how they handle this when they get punched in the face. But all season, Philly has felt like front runners. They're young. They turn the ball over. They do loose stuff. They do silly shit, right? They make bad decisions. Uh, they just play really loose. And um, just so go, that's the opposite style of Miami. He plays really, well, really that's the tight. Point. Miami's not going right? to beat themselves. Right. That's right. So if Miami, if, if Philly's out there turning the ball over 23 times a game, right, and and Hassan Whiteside is in, believe me, that's I go, that's where I go, that matchup is not awesome. We got Hassan Whiteside as a really good matchup for Miami to take on. Um, there's one big in the Eastern Conference in the playoffs you want taking on Embiid. It's Whiteside, right? Maybe Horford, but I'd, I'd almost still take Whiteside because Whiteside don't take no shit. Hmm. So he will body him, he will punch him, he will fight, right? He is not going to be back. He's not going to back down. Horford's too much of a gentleman. He, you know, he'll he'll play Embiid close, but I I like that. I like that matchup. And I know how much can you bank on? Balasova has saved that team. I mean, that's saved the team. It certainly made a difference having that victory. It made a huge difference. That's right. To to settle it down, right? Just again, they've both they've had the Manu effect, the Jason Terry effect, the Vince Carter effect. Just calm the fuck down, everybody, and let's you know let's let's run the second unit and let's not just have you know TJ fucking McConnell doing stupid idiot crap. Right and having Sarge trying to run the second unit. So it, there was some awful. I think we forget there's off. There were some awful, awful stretches of basketball played by the Sixers as recently you know as February, early March. And yes, they've gotten rolling. Their schedule's gotten easy, but they've been rolling. Right. So I don't want to take all the credit away from them. Winning 16 in a row is not freaking easy, no matter who your schedule is. But um, yeah, those guys have had a huge impact. So I think it's a. If I'm Philly. I don't love this matchup, right? I don't love it. I'm, Washington, for me, would be the ideal matchup or matchup for Milwaukee, right? Because Milwaukee's ready well, to given quit. Given what they just did to Milwaukee, that would have been... Yeah, so they're ready to... Milwaukee and Washington are both ready to quit, mm. right? They're, they're both ready. Lame duck coach, Jabari stuff, and then just to know how much you've kept track of what's going on in Washington. But, uh, I mean, there is Kobe and Shaq sort of level of distrust between Beal and Wall and, 
You know, remember Wall's tweets around, ooh, nice team victory. You know, he's like sarcastically tweeting about his own team, right, while he, while he was rehabbing. Oh, I think that was Gortat that, that Gortat did that tweet when and Wall sort of came back at him about it. Well, that's right. That's still going on. And Gortat mm. hasn't backed away from these quotes, even as early as this last week. He hasn't backed away from any of it. That's just that 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 locker room is not not tied together. So my point is, if you're Philly, this is not the this is not the matchup you wanted. If you're Philly, not of so, those three. I agree with you. Nah, not of those three. So look, I still pick Philly to win the series, but it's not. It's going to be like Raptors Bucks last year. This will be the the Raptors Bucks equivalent. Miami is going to scare them, right? They are definitely going to scare them. Well, the other point is, how do they bounce back after a loss? Because I remember the Spurs a few years ago, obviously a different type of team, but they had that 20-game win streak that went well into the playoffs, and then they lost one, and three games later they were out of the playoffs. It was over. So particularly oh, for a yeah. young that team, okay? that was when the OKC booed them. Um, yeah, yeah. So when you, particularly for a young team, you lose that first game, do they go on a bit of a swoon? Because the playoffs, yeah, you have a bit of a swoon. Your season's over. Or you get a weakness exposed, and suddenly it's hard to cover it up. And that's yeah. it. And when you're preparing for yeah. Ben Simmons every game, this is going to be a big question too. I think across uh, as the series get tougher, when teams can prepare for Simmons and know, okay, this is a guy that's not going to shoot outside shots, and Spolster is as good as anyone at doing this. You know, creator defense is really going to bother him. So that's going to be something else to watch. I think in this series, how does he cope with teams really focusing on him game to game, and obviously playoff matchups get different in that sense where you can really game plan towards a specific opponent rather than through the regular season where you're just, I guess, trying to play your system defense for what most teams do anyway. Yeah. Look, this will be fun. This is the KG, it's the KG Wiley veteran team with an amazing coach. And look, and Dwayne Wade hasn't played terribly for them, right? He's, he's not played badly. He, you know, he'll still defend sometimes right when he yeah. when he can he he can still really fucking get after it if i think the problem to. for spalster is he needs to make some decisions if Dwayne wade doesn't have it or not he shouldn't be out there oh look he still won't play more than 20 minutes let's be honest right but he's, he's still playing crunch he time. just can't i've seen him play crunch time and he can't yep. hit a shot and it's like why is he out yeah there? i know he should be sitting on the pine and you've I got know. to know that you accept yeah. your role i don't think he's quite there yet mentally to accept that'll that be, role. So that's going to be, be one of the big questions, yeah. I think. So, look, I've got Philly in six there. I think you've talked me around it in the sense that I, I see the argument for Miami now than what I probably when I first looked at this matchup. But I still think Philly, they're going to ride that momentum. I think they'll win their first two at home. I think so, And hopefully yeah. they can hold home court and maybe pick up one in Miami as well and um, do this one in six. So uh, let's move on to uh, the, oh, the final matchup. Wizards Toronto. Look, the only question here is: Can Toronto continue their streak of losing the first game of a playoff series? Uh, I think it stands at nine at the moment. So this would be ten straight playoff series where they've no lost way. the first game. I can't see no that. I think, I think that they will win, and I'm, obviously it's going to be a big off-season watch. What happens in in Washington, assuming they bow out as most people expect them to? They in, are a mess. They are an absolute mess. It's a mess. And and they were playing. Look, they had some. They had a nice stretch there when when Wall was out, but clearly they 
theoretically at least should be a better team when John Wall comes back, or once John Wall has come back, but that's not been the case. So um, really strange. I mean, the fact that they lost to Orlando on the last day of the season in a game where they could have sort of pushed themselves up to the sixth seed, maybe they didn't want the sixth seed, I'm not sure. There was sort of some machinations going around once everyone knew that Milwaukee was going to lose. Uh, so everyone sort of was trying to win or lose games to sort of change their destiny based on that fact. Uh, whether that came in there thinking they preferred Toronto than, than Philly, I'm not sure, but I, I don't see why they would have preferred Toronto over Philly. I think Toronto, and, and we spoke about this before, just quickly on Toronto, I want to see them come in and dominate this series. I want to see them, and they did finish the season off well after a little bit of a mini swoon. I want to see them come off and finish Wizards off quickly, and then hopefully for them, have a few days rest and get ready for either Cleveland or Indiana in the next round. Yeah, look, I could I could still make the you know make the case that um yeah, look if if Washington was taking I guess their their strength is still their starting lineup and obviously Toronto's strength is their their second five, right? And just in terms of the total game. So you could make a case that Washington's starting five still matches up quite favorably against Toronto's starting five. You could make that argument. All things forget all the personal stuff. You could you could talk yourself into that uh, being a really good combination, but uh, and you know, uh, they're just a mess. No, yeah. Toronto is six through it's ten a, is, is just a, such a yeah. It's gonna it should be a sweep. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's move over to the West now. So, what's the playoff matchup that uh, is jumping out of you there? So, just quickly, the the it is Houston, Minnesota, Golden State, San Antonio. Uh, Portland, New Orleans, and uh, Utah. Oh, sorry, AKC and Utah. AKC ended up in the four seed. So, what's the playoff matchup that that jumps out is the most interesting out of those four? Um, process of elimination again. It's definitely not Portland, New Orleans. That, that doesn't interest me at all. Well, that's my most um, interesting. So that's, well, that's no interesting. You right, say that. Right. That's my most interesting. So I'm so, and. Uh, Again, I'd have to really squint hard and and pretend I haven't watched 82 games of basketball to convince myself that Minnesota has a chance to, you know, disrupt Houston. But I can't do it, and I won't do it. So um, for me, it was down to OKC Utah versus or look. I don't want to give you more airtime, but Golden State San Antonio fascinates me. Um, it is an un- it's an unbearable shame, even probably worse than last year, given how vulnerable Golden State is. That Kawhi is, you know, pick your verb, unable to, choosing not to, not allowed to play, pick your verb, um, because Golden State is vulnerable. And so I, I, I wanted to say San Antonio and Golden State, but I just, yeah, the Spurs don't have the firepower, do they? Even without... Even what Steph and Ron won. So. No, well, look, as great as it would be if um, during during uh, pre-game introductions in Game 1, Kawhi somehow sort of walked down through the crowd <laughs> in a tracksuit and just threw it off and then walked onto the court. Do a Willis Reed. <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah. You know, and that then just really, dunked on Zaza really cool. in the first position and, and Zaza goes oh down and breaks God. his ankle or something. I, mean, that would I didn't be even fantastic. think about that. 
But um, okay, but, that that would be really cool. And look, I, I, yeah, I'm look, rooting more and more about Kawhi. No one's ruling out the fact that he could still play. But uh, you, you'd imagine in the next couple of days we might get some clarity on that. I don't think we'll see him. I don't think we'll see. Him, but I can only. I didn't even think guys. about that. That is really funny. But that would um, be the the pop the the Popovich's <laughs> things ever done. So yeah, look, it's again. I'll default to the four or five. Yeah. So OKC Utah. It might be like a full body dry heave set to music, like watching Elaine from Seinfeld dance, you know, with the defense versus defense or an amazing defense watching, you know, Russ, Russ and Donovan Mitchell each shoot the ball 36 times a game. And actually, I'm talking myself out of it now that I'm saying it. Well, that's that will stylistically not, that will not, not going to be, be poetic. Good. No. That will not be poetic. It will not be stylistic, will it? I'm actually talking myself out of that. Where's the opposite, right? You're going to have. Yes, Portland theoretically plays defense on, you know, on I guess the metrics look pretty good. They ended up top eleven or top ten in defense. Um, well, they've got Matt Harkless out, so that's that sort of could be. That's a bit, a of, bit a, of a hindrance, evener, yeah, because yeah, he's yeah. had a really good year for them. But can Nurkic, you know, Nurkic is just way too slow to track AD. So, um, but they got a lot of longer guys that can, you know, Amino can can chase them around for a while, but. Uh, yeah, look, I guess maybe that's maybe I'll talk myself into Portland, New Orleans, and as well. Well, what's the talk most about interesting what for me? It? Yeah. It, I think it's going to be the closest of the four series, uh, and I, well, I think Utah OKC will be close, but I just think they're going to be rock fights, and I cannot stand watching OKC play. So, and, and I've liked Utah from the point of view of Mitchell, I like watching Gobert on defense. Uh, but I, I don't see that them get being again stylistically fun games to watch. Uh, whereas I think with Portland New Orleans, I think it's going to be fascinating to see AD playoff AD. What what sort of level is he going to reach? And then of course you've got um, Lillard and CJ, and I don't really see anyone on New Orleans is going to be able to stop them. So I can see them exploding, and it could be a real. And, and Drew Holiday's had a great year, so I think it's really going to be a matter of AD and Drew versus CJ and Dane. Yeah, with yeah. a little bit of Nurkic thrown in. I could see these games being high-scoring, close, really entertaining, and I, I think this could go seven games. I, I think New Orleans are ripe to, to really push Portland, uh, particularly if AD just comes in and goes off. I could see AD averaging 40 points and 20 rebounds in the series, Des. Like that's that's the level of play I'm, and that's the level of play he's going to have to get to, I think. So that's where I'm excited about this. They series. really need Miritich to be. Well, to he's, be, have you checked out his numbers since he shaved his beard? He's been on fire. He's been on <laughs> and fire. And the starting lineup. Jay's so. on fire. Yeah. It was like when he first got traded there. I thought, oh my god, he actually fits better than Boogie next to um. I do love – you love AD at the five, don't you? I know he he doesn't like it, but, man, he's devastating at the I'll five. I'll say this too, Des. Fucking devastating. If yeah. Golden State don't get Steph back, I got I think they might rather play Portland than – if New Orleans come out of this series and play Golden State in the next no. round. With, with AD breathing fire and no Steph, we're, we're assuming no Steph for Golden State, that's a horrible matchup for them. Well, they don't – no, it's true – if Draymond stays, whatever, he's just been drunk the whole year. Yeah, I guess. Uh, no, I'm not going there yet. I'm still, I'm I'll still just getting myself see. I think that. I can see a scenario where if, if, if New Orleans get out of this series and beat, uh, beat Portland, that people are going to sort of look at this and go, hang on, this is, this is not a good matchup at all for Gun State. 
in the second round. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I mean, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. I'm but saying Portland I'm excited is a, about this this series. Yeah, these are two. The other thing, right? These are two. Let's be honest. There's a, we just spend a lot of time talking about the the Bucks wobbliness, Cleveland's all over the place with the roster still still form forming. You never know who's going to be available. Washington disintegrating. So the East is checkered by teams here. Boston devastated with injuries and three teams were a fucking mess. Then you got teams like this. These are two of the more cohesive units, right? Two teams whose fan bases are desperate for victories. So you're going to have ravenously engaged crowds, um, AD, right, um, trying to prove to the world, you know, who he is and, you know, cementing his, his name. And, right, we f- we're forgetting, you mentioned Drew. Drew Holiday's defense, uh, I have to pull up the metric. I just keep hearing about it in every, whether it's Duncan Danny or uh, Hoop Collected People or Ben Golliver, just keep talking about Drew Holiday on the defensive end of the floor. That could be interesting. So if he starts to neutralize, say, he starts locking down CJ, tends to be what they do with him. Um, it can be interesting if you can shut down one of the two, um, you know, fire-breathing dragons in, in, in Portland's backcourt. Now you've got something, right? Now you've got you've got them playing uncomfortable basketball. If Dame and CJ aren't combining for 50 points a night, so, and I know Rob doesn't play defense like he did, you know, five years ago, or, um, but. <laughs> I, I seem to always mention Rondo. Rondo plays NBA level basketball. Well, yeah. he's been a lot better than Remember, I thought he was going to be this year. Yeah, I totally yeah, wrote him off at the start of the season. He's he's been. Yeah. I wouldn't he's say he's been right. great, but he's been competent. He's a he's been competent. Twenty five minutes a night, and he he plays. You know, he'll have his seventeen assist game. Right? He just he just will he just will control the game. He knows how to control the game. So. That's interesting, and again, he doesn't back down for anyone. And we and remember what he did last year in last year's playoffs, but he was he was about to take the Bulls, right? That was just a year ago, Daz. That's right. But he was about to beat the Celtics in a in a series, and he got fucking injured. Um, and so then two years ago, Dallas sent him home from the from the whole team during the playoffs. <laughs> that's so, right. So, he's Rondo for you, and then of course so each one more. And Darius yeah. Miller been playing really well too recently and they they had a tough schedule like they were up against it to they make did. the playoffs in the end and and come out with some really nice wins portland were a little bit more clunky mm. towards the end of their season they did pull out a good oh. win against utah on the on the very last excuse me on the very sorry. last game. sorry that was a <laughs> that was the, the, the green beacon ipa snuck out there sorry about that <laughs> Uh, it was just my bird, actually. It was my. <laughs> got myself you a can't budgie. The bird. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry about so, so. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, look, so Portland um, finished the season off in the end well with the win over Utah. But <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> that was uh, Jordan Crawford. He just made an appearance. <laughs> Chuck Diallo. <laughs> man. No one's had a guy called Walt Lemon play for them this year. <laughs> Jalen Jones. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you never know who you're going to see on the on the pillow. Hameka Okafor does. He's starting on that, and actually not playing that badly. He'd be the best center on the Bucks <laughs> roster, Daz. He would. He would. 
Well, he can he can get around. He's you know he's he's getting around. He's playing fifteen minutes a night. He's played five minutes. He hasn't played in he hasn't played in a month. But yeah, he's he's all right. He's all right. Uh, so what what's your tip in that series? What are we looking at? The Portland. Is, I've got Portland in seven. I think that's going to go over the distance. Coin flip. Yep. Um. My heart's. I got, I like both. I want both these teams to win. That's the other thing. I'd like to see. Like I'm definitely pulling for Utah. I'd love to see San Antonio. I'd love to see Minnesota dent. He's put a dent in Houston. Make them work. Oh, it's hard to it's hard to vote against. I'm going upset. I'm going I'm going Pels. I'm going upset. Mm-hmm. I'm going Drew is going to bring it. I'm going. No one's going to defend AD. I think the referees are going to be fair and not you know do you know, just get AD in foul trouble. Um. That's the other thing. AD gets in foul trouble. It's over. You can't. He's got to play forty minutes a night, 30, 39, 40 at least. Yeah, the way the game right. to ref is going to be yeah. crucial, particularly yeah. for the Pels. But uh, but and, and that's why I can see them force feeding Nurkic a little bit just to just to try and keep him honest at that end. Maybe try and get him in the foul trouble because yeah, two coaches who've been on. around the league. You're right. This is the most you've you've you completely talked me into it, and you're right. This is the most interesting series. Two coaches have been around a long time, been through some tough situations, both also, right, done some amazing coaching this year, both both these guys, right, Gentry, Gentry and Stotts, Stotts getting this team to be a top 10 defensive team all season long, making the most of a pretty ordinary roster, you know, he was dealt a whole bunch of pretty bad contracts, and he's got them playing pretty well, um, they're getting contributions from Zach Collins, yeah, look, I'm I'm in, I'm in, I'm sold, Daz. This is a series, and it's very interesting to me. It so it's Cleveland, be. Cleveland, Indy, and this one, yeah, and this one, right. yep. So quickly on the Spurs, Warriors. I, I think you're right. Earlier, the Spurs just aren't going to score enough points in this series. I mean, Lamarcus Aldridge has, has traditionally struggled against the Warriors. I, I think that will probably continue. The only the only thing I think. If the Warriors are a little bit complacent and the Spurs can steal one of those first two games, then it's game on, Daz, because the Spurs have got the third best home record in the league. So that's the yeah. only chance I would give the Spurs. If the Spurs can come out, particularly and try and steal game one, because Golden State were atrocious to finish the season. They got blown out by 40 in a game where Katie and Clay Thompson both played 30-plus minutes. So it wasn't like they were just throwing out rubbish lines. They got blown out by 40 by Utah, by 20 at home by Indiana. They were awful to win the season. Uh, they did have one win against they the were. Thunder. That was the only win. And they admitted themselves, oh, look, we're going to flick the switch. I think Draymond Green said to himself, we're just going to flick the switch once the playoffs come and hopefully we'll all play better. But, gee, if they come out at any way sluggish, the Spurs might be able to take advantage. And if they go back 1-1 to San Antonio, San Antonio can hold court, this one could be over in six. It's going to be difficult for the Warriors if the Spurs get a sniff to take one of those games in San Antonio without Steph Curry. So that's the only chance I'll give. The, but if it goes back to San Antonio 0-2, I think it's done. Yeah. So we're going to leave episode 48 there, unfortunately. Uh, we're recording at around 1am in the morning and uh, does his young son actually woke up and was standing at the top of the stairs. So we had a little bit of a uh, nerve 
this moment while he ran up and got him and then uh, we sort of lost their momentum so they decided to leave episode 48 there and even more unfortunately for me uh, was the fact that the Spurs got blown out this morning at the time of the taping of this little message so it does seem as though that 2-0 deficit will be taken back to San Antonio unless they can have some sort of miraculous turnaround in game two but uh, as the players go on uh, Darren and myself will be recording more pods so i hope that you're able to listen and look if you do like the pod get on to itunes and leave a comment and leave some ratings there and we'll see if we can bump ourselves up a few more places as well towards the top of the standings all right thanks guys we'll talk to you all soon